You're listening to TCRG to CEO Radio with your host, Courtney J. TCRG. Hello, everyone. This is episode number 22 for TCRG to CEO Radio. I am your host, Courtney J. TCRG, and this is going to be an awesome post-worlds recap with our great friend, Diana Dirsch. You've had her on the podcast before, and she has some wonderful insight to share with you guys. So before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind you that you can join our private listeners-only Facebook group, and the link will be down in the show notes. You can also follow me on Instagram at CourtneyJ underscore TCRG for some daily content related to business teaching mindset and how to be the best either studio owner or teacher or dancer that you can possibly be. And I just can't wait to get into today's episode. So we had a long discussion that will be split into two episodes about the New Worlds format, what the pros and cons were, some suggestions and alternatives that uh, the general Irish dance community has come up with and has brought forward to either Diana or myself. And of course, we want to just put the disclaimer on that even though we are both longtime members of the Irish dance community, have had the experience of competing at the Worlds for many years, we certainly don't know the ins and outs of every single decision that was made. And we recognize that CLRG did the best job that we can do. And I think you'll find that we're both very complimentary of the way that things were run. And we just want to make sure that anyone out there who's listening We certainly don't think we could do a better job, and we are just looking at kind of the Irish dance culture and um, evolution kind of as it is happening in front of us and how we can make this sport and the primary event of our sport the best it can possibly be. So we appreciate everyone who shared input with Diana and I, and we hope that you find this episode series, because it will be two episodes, very comprehensive and just gives you some things to think about or it helps you understand the format better if you were watching from home and weren't really sure on kind of how things worked. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Diana. All right, we have our wonderful Diana Dirsch back on the podcast. We knew it wouldn't be too, too long before she was back. And If you didn't already listen to my kind of world's preview that I did a few weeks ago, you can go back and listen to that. But for today, we're kind of doing the recap or uh, I guess post-world's wrap-up and just kind of talking about the format and how it went. And obviously, Diana was there as a competitor, so she's going to share her experience as someone who actually lived through it and danced all five rounds and then... She did a lot of collection from other competitors and some spectators and just general observers and did some really interesting research by accident. So we're going to talk through all of that. So say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you, Courtney, for being willing to do this episode with me. I'm really excited. No problem. So, I mean, first off, congratulations. You made it through all five rounds. You did an amazing job and ended up doing really well. So we're all super proud of you. Thanks. Yeah, it was a great weekend um, overall. And if if you're okay with it, let's just go ahead and jump in and I'll kind of just tell you my overall impression. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Cool. So yeah, it was a good weekend for me personally. Um, I did make both of the recall cuts, which was really exciting, especially coming back after having a baby. Um, and I do want to say like overall, I had a very positive impression of how the championships went on the whole, but also of the new two day format. So, um, shout out to you for doing that world's preview episode a couple weeks ago. I think that was really helpful for anybody who's not really been following, um, what's been going on with world's. Yeah, because a lot of people weren't even, they didn't even realize that the format was changing or people that did know didn't really quite understand how it was all going to work. Yeah. And and I will say, having gone through it as a competitor, I think I have a a pretty good understanding of why they chose to do it this way. Um, And with talking with people since Worlds, it seems like 
people who weren't there as competitors don't necessarily just don't understand it. And so there's just a lack of understanding in, in the, the new format. Um, and so if you haven't already go listen to that episode of Courtney's from a couple of weeks ago, cause I was, I found it helpful and I was already someone who was familiar. Yeah. I mean, and we talked a little bit off the record or off recording, um, about just the position that CLRG has been in trying to manage this event and the scale that it's at without either cutting entries that would mean losing revenue or just trying to balance out the needs of the competitors and also their needs as an organization and how to just best navigate that. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've talked with so many people on Instagram over the past week, um, you're, you're included in that, but a lot of other people, dozens of people have messaged me. Uh, I kind of did like an accidental world's recap story marathon <laughs> for a couple days there. And it was really fascinating talking with people and getting their impression and their ideas and, and all that. But I do think CLRG did a fantastic job balancing, like you said, those those different aspects, like the needs of the organization in terms of budgeting um, and how many adjudicators they'd have to hire, the number of competitors there trying to keep everybody satisfied, keeping things running on time, um, not having the days be, you know, a 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. day, which for anybody who's been around the Irish dance circuit, you know, maybe as of 10 or even longer than that, you know, years ago, that's kind of what Worlds was a lot yeah. of times. I mean, even competition, local competitions often went late into the night. Um, I know my teacher used to, my old teacher used to say that they'd have cars come up and turn the headlights on on the stages so they could keep the dancing going <laughs> late at night. I mean, it just, it just happened that way. And so they're really trying to manage all of these different aspects and still run a successful event that people are generally satisfied with. And I think they did a great job. Yeah. I mean, it's a monumental task. And I it, think, it, I think that is. part has just gone a re- really overlooked by a lot of people. I mean, I, I'm not a TC, so you would have more insight into this than I would, but they've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. Like I mean, they, they saw this coming. And it's been tweaked in the planning process too. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been getting, you know, minutes from, you know, for what feels like a couple years now. Yeah. And the format has been edited and tweaked and reevaluated. And I'm sure a lot of people remember when the very first um, more public memo, I guess, had gone out where they had planned on everyone doing the four core dances. Um, you know, during the heats and there was such outcry about that, that that's kind of the first time I think most people's ears kind of perked up about the changes. But Mm -hmm. I mean, they listened to that outcry and they, you know, changed it around. They didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't do it. So this really has been in the works for a very long time. Yeah. And that's only something that teachers know. Unless, so unless you guys share with your students, which a lot of teachers don't, yep. especially if you have a lot of students, it's really difficult to get that information out. Um, and it is really more for your own notification, you know, to, to keep you up to date. It's not necessarily to be blasting to the entire Irish dance community yet since it's not finalized. Um, but they have taken so much into consideration in creating this new format. Um, So I think, like I said, I think it went really well. I did not have any problem with the format overall. Um, I think it flowed smoothly. I did not feel like it was particularly difficult to dance two days in a row. Um, You and I had covered on our previous podcast, uh, I think it was episode 16 or 14, um, talking about the Mock World Championships and kind of comparing that to just a normal double fesh weekend. and you know, I think anybody who's ever done back-to-back days of dancing like that knows, like, it might be harder on the second day, but it's totally doable. Um, And my takeaway from the mock worlds that the Mid-Atlantic region did was uh, just the mental, the mental change that I could make to help it be better on the second day. Um, Those nerves can really affect you. And I think I did a pretty good job at worlds keeping my nerves in check both days which certainly helped. But I can totally see if you are a competitor who struggles with that. And I can really, I was that competitor. We've all been there. 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that was a real struggle for me. So um, if you don't have those things in check and you do carry a lot of that stress with you, like, yeah, of course it's going to be difficult. 
to dance two days in a row. But I, I thought it was great. Um, it flowed really smoothly. There were no late nights. Like, um, it, it was a very quick competition. Like, I was there for a matter of, like, three, maybe four hours each day doing the dancing. And in previous world formats, I would have been there starting at 7, 7.30 in the morning until awards finished, which... Right, which could be midnight. It could be midnight. I danced my set dance at 11 p.m. one year. Yeah. Um, so that that is certainly a much more exhausting day, in my opinion, than doing two days of shorter time being at the venue. Um, you know, you have more time to get ready because you have you know, two days that you have to do hair. I know. I remember you posting, uh, was it the first day that you were like, is anyone else afraid they're going to miss their competition? Like yeah. it feels wrong. It felt so weird. But at the same time, I got to sleep until 10 o'clock in the morning, which was great, especially of having a baby who did not want to sleep. Yep. Higher weekend. So I didn't get a lot of sleep because of her. Um, but overall, like I, I thought it was a, a great experience as a competitor. Um, I think that there are some things that they could tweak and I kind of want to get into the pros and cons and my, you know, my suggestions here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm just curious too of kind of what your, what your thoughts were going into it. Like just generally, like, I like this, I don't like this and whether or not that changed after going through it. Yeah. I, at first I was like, ugh, really? What are they doing? Okay. This is weird. And then reading through the syllabus, I don't know, whenever, I mean, it was af way after they had released it, but probably back in like February, I was like, oh, okay, this makes more sense. I guess we'll, we'll just kind of see how it goes. And then in talking with you, I had an even better understanding of how things were going to go. And then listening to your podcast, it was like, okay, yeah, that's how I, I interpret it. So yeah. this is going to be good. Um, then some school, I wish I remembered who it was to give them credit, posted like an explanation of the splits yep. and how they're seating. And a lot of people were sharing that on Facebook and on Instagram. And I found that really helpful too, because that was something that was not clearly explained in the syllabus, like at all. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I had a pretty positive expectation. Outlook going in. Yeah. yeah. And outlook. Yeah. And I was not worried about the two days of dancing. Like that just didn't really bother me as much as other people. And I know that everybody's different and that especially in a senior ladies competition, you have people who are struggling with injuries. You have people who are just older. Like we're, we're just older. We're going to yeah. have more issues. We're going to be more fatigued in general. But I felt like coming in as someone who is a mom and probably struggling a little bit more than most competitors there, if I didn't have a problem with it, other yeah. people shouldn't. Um, and not to project, you know, my expectations and my feelings and experiences on anybody else. But on the whole, I, I, I just really didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. And um, it pretty much lived up to that. And my opinion has gotten, I think, even more and more positive even um, as time has gone on because I am understanding, like I can understand from an experience standpoint how things worked. Yep. And I can also appreciate all all these, like all these different alternative things that people have mentioned to me, like, oh, what if they did it this way? What if they did it this way? And talking through, it's like, they can't do that without making this other thing change. Yep. Um, and I just really feel like this is very well, well thought out. Cool. So yeah, what were some of your pro pros? Uh, so pros, um, I mean, on the CLRG front, like it still fits their events into eight days, yep. which is something I know that they've wanted to keep. Um, it would be quite an, quite an undertaking to do anything longer than eight days long. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a long time to get a venue for, first of all. And yes. then you think of teachers that have other jobs that probably yep. struggle to get out of work for a full week to begin with, never mind stretching yep. it into more than eight days. Yeah. And the cost of adjudicators. And I mean, a lot of the, the people running they're volunteers too. You know, you can't ask volunteers to go to a two week event necessarily. Yep. I mean, this is, 
if you want to say it's on par with the Olympics, sure, but it's not the Olympics. Right. So we just don't have the manpower and the, the willpower <laughs> to, yeah. to put on much bigger of an event. So it still fits everything in eight days. Um, it keeps the needs of the venue relatively small. Um, we operated under three different stages, which I know you had talked about in your podcast about it, just kind of sharing that it might be difficult for um, like European venues to accommodate yeah, something I'm like still this. curious about because mm-hmm. at least Same. from social media, it looked like the each of the three rooms were at least comparable looking in yes. size and the stage, were. you know, looking very... Stages were identical. Yeah, very I mean, and very normal, really like very were. grand, like world style. And, you know, yeah. picturing Belfast where there's that very small set hall and then they use the fish market as the third stage. It just, yeah, that's the one thing that I'm still a little unresolved on. Of yeah, how that I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how they're going to do that for sure. Um, but it's still accommodated, you know, the, the three stages, um, the dance days were pretty short. I mean, in terms of the time I spent there as a dancer, super duper short, but ultimately they, they started awards, um, on the final Sunday at four thirty. Yeah. So to me, that's an early start for an awards, um, for an awards. And, there were a lot more scores for the dancers to get. Um, they did drop high and low for fairness, which I know that they've done in the past as well. Um, so it was great to be seen by a lot more adjudicators. Agree. It's arguably more fair. And I don't know if I 100% agree that it's more fair because I also agree with you, what you mentioned before, about a sitting panel being able to determine the best overall dancer. Um, I do feel that way, and I tend to score better with a sitting panel. Um, but with those rotating judges, you you can't really argue when 31 judges are and saying that somebody is the winner. Exactly. And that's how I feel both with the number of judges, you know, you have to come to some sort of consensus when there's that many of you. And it's also, if anyone does want to play politics, it's going to get diluted very quickly over 31 people. So I think that's where the fairness part comes in. It's like, you can't really say whether it is or it isn't, but it's a whole lot more fair than nine judges sitting down or 10 judges sitting down. Yeah, and I know CLRG is concerned with the politic aspect, and it seems like this makes a lot of sense to to help kind of keep that from being an issue. Um, It shows the consistency of dancers. I think, you know, you can have an excellent day one and recall when maybe on a a normal day you wouldn't have, but then you still have to make final cut in order to place and vice versa can happen. You know, if you don't have a very good first day, you're not going to make it to the second day. So it just, it, it gives dancers the need to be consistent, which I find to be really important. Um, cause it's really upsetting when somebody like wins their Aractus and then it's like, they can never, like, that was just kind of a really good day for them and a bad day for everybody else. Yeah. And, it's like, yeah, okay. They, it's not that they didn't deserve it, but I want to show, I want to see a consistent dancer who's going to be in the top, you know, no matter who sits down any day of the week. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, it uh, did allow for more levels of goals, um, for the dancers, you know, to make one recall versus a second recall versus, uh, meddling. And that's another thing that they wanted to do. Uh, with the new format. So I really did appreciate that. And I like how the medals were, you know, presented after that, making the first day cut too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anybody who makes it to the final, I mean, to the set round, you end up with two recall medals, which is pretty cool. Um, It seemed to consider every aspect of the competition and incorporate them into one pretty fair system. System, which we kind of already said, but I, I just want to reiterate that. Like, I did think that so many aspects were considered and this worked. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's something about it that just makes it seem a little bit more evolved and reflective of the general consensus of the competitive Irish dance communities that this is a sport as well yeah. as an art. Yes. And it just makes it seem a little bit more like a sport. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and it's, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's a bummer that dancers on day one who don't make it to day two, like, that's it for them. 
but how many other sports do that system? Like so many, like you have to weed people out and that sounds really callous, but that is so alternative is to just cut the qualifiers from the get go, which doesn't really achieve the same, you know, it doesn't, which would you rather have? Exactly. Exactly. Like in talking with people, no one wants them to cut the number of qualifiers because they still want the chance to go. Right. Um, and so your only other option then is to have more rounds of elimination, you know, yeah. like to keep the competition short enough. Um, I felt that day one familiarized you with the venue, with the stages. Um, it's always a great idea to be able to dance on the stage before you actually have to, you know, be a hundred percent. So obviously you're still going out there in round one saying, I need to give this my all cause I want to recall. Um, but still like it was nice to have that day and then be able to take a breather and go, okay, this is what it was like today. I know what to expect for tomorrow. Yeah. Done. And that's something that I hadn't really considered or thought of, or even mentioned, I think in my preview, but you know, it is, it's every stage is different. And that is a nice opportunity, especially since competitors don't get to warm up on the stage that they mm-hmm. dance on, generally Which speaking. I do hope that they institute I know. something like that in the That's future. That's phase two. Yeah, phase two. Exactly. <laughs> One thing at a time. Um, somebody in, on my Instagram mentioned that they liked that it gave the opportunity for teacher feedback going into day two. And I appreciate that too. Um, I mean, that was not my main concern at all, but like yeah, that totally makes sense. Having danced two rounds, they get to watch you and say, okay, well you did this well, or watch this for tomorrow. And that just, you're going to improve your placement that much more tomorrow. Yeah. Um, also a chance to get out the nerves. I I definitely feel less nervous after I do one round. So to me, it didn't really matter if it was days apart or the same day, but just having experienced one round or, you know, both your soft and hard, definitely can help with nerves, um, gives more stage time for people. You know, I, there's been a lot of people who've complained in the past about the number of minutes you actually get right, on a world travel stage. travel all the way there and work all year yeah. for, you know, three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. Four minutes. And you know, that's a lot of athletes have that, but a lot of sports also have opportunities for heats too, you know, with the Olympics and stuff like that you see, or even like the world championships of gymnastics or, you know, they have to go through these different things. And so you're getting so much more time and as dumb as it might seem, you know, to say, Oh, well, I just want more stage time. It's like, but yeah, you, this is what you're working towards. You, people enjoy giving the performance and being on the world stage it's and great that we get stage time for not times. putting anything extra in, you know, it's not like right. you have to prepare your other two dances to get that right. extra stage time. I mean, you're yep. just getting more bang for your buck. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that like we kind of touched on earlier, like it's, it mimics other sports yep. better. And because we're just becoming more and more athletic, um, I think that's the direction that everything is going to go for us. So I appreciated that. Um, I felt like it allowed for a normal competition day for the top recallers. Like day two was pretty much like a normal worlds for anybody who made it to that cut. Like it was two normal rounds dancing with everybody in the competition and then a recall to set. It just was fear people, um, which was faster and arguably a little bit more pleasant. I don't know. It may, I really don't want it to come across that I'm dissing anyone who didn't make the day two recall, but I don't really know a better way to. Yeah. I mean, in day one, like it seems like such a small thing, but I mean, you get up, you dance your two rounds and like the minute you come off stage, you could take your wig off and put on pajamas. Like it, it just makes it mentally, I think a little less stressful or it's like, you're not sitting, you're not going in sitting, like having to wait around in the sense that you might need to dance again. Yeah. Like you know that when you come off stage, you are done for the day no matter what. Yep. That that really was a nice feeling. I will say that. And I know that I was not the only person who felt that way. So and I totally yeah. overlooked or I think minimized like how nice that might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my I don't have to take my wig off after I know. Meeting, which is great. So I kind of always have that. Um, but it was nice to just be able to chill with my family. And I missed the announcement of the recalls for day two. But that's no big deal, you know. Right. I mean, for you some can people, look it may up have on been, Instagram. Yeah, look it up on it. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Like there's just, it was not stressful. It was not like, oh, I need to be ready to dance again or be ready for awards or you can't right. go too far. We can't dinner because maybe we won't be back in time. So that was definitely nice to not have that stress. I mean, and this is just um, something that came to me just now before we kind of move on to the cons. Um, and I know you don't get to see everybody in your competition on day one, but do you feel like any, and obviously not, you know, to call anyone out or anything, but was the general mood backstage of, I'm going to put everything into this to make sure I make it to day two? Or was there um, any sort of strategy from the competitors of like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it to day two, so I'm not going to go as hard. Like, was there the sense of I'm going to save myself or I'm going to push hard? That honestly, like, there were so few people <laughs> dancing the rounds. It was a really hard, like we had 40 something people yeah. dancing split. And when you're only with the 10 people in front of you and maybe the 10 people after you, like you're not really getting exposed to very many people. But I think that most people were re like treating it as seriously as anything else. Like I did not get, I didn't get the, the impression that anybody was flippant about it or expecting a day two yeah. recall. Um, I mean, there were some, some dancers who did not make it and I, Megan, I'll call Megan Daly out just because I know she has such a positive attitude in general about her results and her dancing. Um, but she was one of the ones in senior ladies who did not make that recall and I'm sure she wasn't expecting it. She was graceful about it as always. Um, but I can imagine that was really disappointing. So for her, I, I mean, I don't know how she felt about those two rounds, but I know just based on my friendship with her, she was not going to, you know, be flippant and expect yeah. anything. Um, so I think all of us were kind of not really sure how to take it. And, you know, no, I would say 80% of the dancers are fighting for a recall. Yeah. You know, there, there might be 20% who are like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm a world medal holder. I recall every year I go, so it's probably going to happen, which sometimes is me. But at the, at the same time, like this year, I couldn't have those expectations because I know I'm not in peak performance for my own, you know, just yep. from where I have been in the past. But with a new format, I think everybody had a level of, I need to make sure that I perform so I can recall. So, yeah, no, I was just curious because my personal strategy, you know, if I could go back in time and this was something that was around in my day would be to go hard no matter what, but yeah. Just yeah. Curious. And I, I was a little worried about that in a way, because you give, you know, 110% on day one. And then what if you're just really exhausted and you yeah. can like 80% the second day, but at the same time, everybody's kind of in that boat and you just have to make a decision what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple more things. Uh, I would argue judges are going to be more accurate in scoring. They were only scoring 45 dancers max. Which ever, like, to be honest, that's a fashion some places. Yep. Um, and you know, some people I've talked to have said, you know, that's whatever, like judges are totally used to doing a hundred people plus in competitions, like at majors, which they're used to it. Doesn't mean they're good at it. Yeah. It's the best for their focus. So having to only focus on 40, 45 dancers, I really do think that that can make a much more accurate judging. Yeah. I mean, and not to forget too, that the Irish points only truly go out to 50th place. Yep. So it's, yep. it's, even if the judges are able to handle it, the scoring system still can't, Yes. which means if you're 51st through even 75th, you're not getting necessarily accurately ranked within right, that group of competitors. Right, because the differences in scoring is so small. Yep. You know, you could be 50th or 20th and like, it's basically the same score. Yeah. Um, and that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I definitely felt that that was an advantage. Um, and the last thing I'll mention as a pro is just that it allowed me, me personally, but I think every competitor to kind of take one thing at a time. Um, you know, there's only two rounds on day one possible. So you're already going to have just like, okay, I just have two rounds. And then the second day you're only guaranteed two rounds anyway. So yep. you just take those two rounds, uh, you know, in stride. And then if you recall, okay, then you focus on your set dance. Um, it was very freeing for me to not have to mentally think about my set at yeah. all yep. until you middle really of the there. morning. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The middle of the morning on day two. And, um, 
you know, it just mentally that can take up so much extra energy, especially for anybody who doesn't like dancing by themselves or, you know, may not be a hundred percent solid on their set dance um, or something like that. You know, like it just, it, it was really nice to just be able to take it one day at a time. Yeah, I agree. You like, I think people do underestimate the amount of like just mental energy and stress that competition breeds. It's just the way it is. And yeah, especially at a world level. Yep. I mean, that's, it's the biggest competition there is for us. And I think that's a a big misconception too, that, you know, maybe people that are hoping to qualify for worlds one day, or they're maybe qualified, you know, one or two times, I think they have this misconception that people at the world level that are used to recalling are like better competitors in the sense of mindset, which like sometimes that's true because you do get better through experience, but it's not like you know, everyone has it all together. Everyone has yeah, the same fears no. and anxieties, no matter how far along you go. Yeah. I mean, even the most seasoned competitors still struggle with that and they know that there's no guarantees. Yeah. So, I mean, someone might be used to winning, but that doesn't mean anything. You exactly. Know? Cause every competition's a new, new day. Exactly. Yep. Um, okay. So cons, um, because we're split into even an odd for day one off of your competition. And for me, I'm not someone who really sits there and watches my competitors anyway. Um, but for some people, they might not really like it or, um, you know, just to kind of get a sense of the dancing or who's there, who's not there. I don't think anybody should be focusing on that like ever. I think that's yeah. detrimental to mindset, but um, it was kind of weird that you don't have your whole competition there, especially if you have friends that you haven't seen in a while and you wanted to reconnect with them. Um, you know, it, there is something to be said for like seeing someone you haven't seen since last worlds and like going up to them across the room and giving them a hug. Yeah. Um, and if they're in your, your group or in your room, you're not going to get that experience. So I do consider that a little bit of a con. Um, you could also say that having the judging panel only, like only adjudicating half of the competitors for those first two rounds could be unfair or could seem like it just doesn't make a lot of sense because you'd want everybody to be compared to each other. Um, I would argue, and I think you'd probably agree, it's not unfair. It's still fair. Yeah, no, and I think it was well thought out in that the same panels were judging the group as a, you know, A split, B split, or split one, split two, whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, if, if it was a big issue that a lot of people had, I could see them maybe tweaking it to stagger the start so that the first half of the group danced for the hard shoe panel. And when they moved on to the soft shoe panel, the second split would have a later start and go back to that hard shoe panel. And then they would just finish later. You'd still have Mm -hmm. the shortened day. It just would have a staggered start. I could see that maybe being a tweak that they make, but not a big deal to me either way. I wonder, this is something that just came to me. If one group started in hard shoe and the other started in soft and then you switched. So the panel ended up happening too. Yeah. I I really don't, I want to argue it is not unfair to have two separate panels seeing you for your dances, um, and not having it be the same, but at this, like those judges are still seeing you for one round. Right. And that's Um, why I think it is fair. Yeah, it is. And you're not being judged against every single person in your competition from the exact same adjudicators, but I, I still, you know, I, I want to give adjudicators the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing. They yep. know how to pick the top dancers, especially when they're only seeing 40 something of them, yep. which I know not, you know, it's not the case for every competition because there were splits that were a hundred dancers. Um, but you know, they're seeing far less. I, st- I think they're going to do a better job of determining who needs to, to recall. Um, so this was my beef. Th- this was my big beef with the system. Older dancers had to dance three at a time for hard shoe. Which when I heard that, I didn't realize that until, you know, it made its way back or that I saw, you know, a picture of three people up on the stage and I was sitting there going, no. My impression was that it was going to be three at a time for day one, just for time purposes, like whatever you're just trying to determine recallers. Second day, I thought it was going to be two at a time. Was not. I hated doing three at a time both days. Like, 
the people who danced with me, man, I think we all felt the same way because we were all on top of each other the whole time. And it was just like, we were fighting for the front, fighting for those corners, which is it was my problem with three at a time in general is that yes. stage size is not the problem. No stage is ever big enough for three at a time yeah. because everybody's steps yeah. tend to stick to the front, end yeah. up in the corner. And yeah, you might have like opposing directions. Like I go right, you go left, but you're still going to cross and yeah. it just gets so dangerous. well. That, that is the norm. Like there are times that it look, it's totally fine. You're, you never meet, but the norm is that, especially yeah. with three dancers, you're gonna end up with somebody. So yeah. for day one, I think it made sense. Um, I still didn't like it, but I think for just the timing of scheduling, I think you it could was justify necessary. It. For sure, especially when I'm thinking of hundred a hundred dancers. Right. You know, three at a time goes way quicker. I mean, no matter how many people you have, doing three at a time is fifty percent faster than yep. going two at a time. So for anybody who's thinking, oh well, it's really it's only gonna add fifteen minutes, maybe for us it was only fifteen minutes, but for another competition, it's fifty percent of the length of the round. So yep. that is pretty significant over the course of all the competitions. Exactly. Um so for day one, I didn't really care. For day two, I definitely think that they should consider changing it. And that's coming from someone who doesn't understand the scheduling repercussions of it because, again, they made these decisions for a reason. They were well thought out. They had to put the schedule together. It had to all make sense. And I know Um, earlier in the week, results did come out pretty late. You know, so it sounded – it seems like at least watching from home that the days did run later early in the week. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not, you know, start to finish for every competitor, but just the day itself right. seemed to end late. Which I, I want I asked some people about that and no one could really give me an answer. I wanted to know why, because it was not scheduled to be that late. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just like, I mean, we're always waiting for the judges, aren't we? You know, right. like the dancers tend to be ready before the adjudicators are, which is fine. You know, they're, they're people too. They need to eat snacks and go to the bathroom and smoke and whatever. Um, but I, so I don't know if it was them waiting on adjudication. I don't know if it was just for some reason there was a miscalculation in the number of competitors. Or just or like something unforeseen. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Unforeseen. Or honestly, there were a lot of people that fell, especially which, towards the end of the week. Which is kind of what I was getting at for unforeseen, because you know how yes. sometimes like it just happens where they have to suddenly rebuild a stage because people are falling, right. or they need to close the stage and treat it because people are falling, or something like and that. And I don't, I mean, I'm going to kind of just stick this out there, even though, I mean, this is a con, but not a con in the system, but the the stages were very slippery, and... of the people that I pulled on Instagram agreed with me. Um, You know, like it, I just, I don't know why that was such an issue, but we had every round. Or paint? It was Marley. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I knew that maybe over the course of the week, it could have just gotten extra slippery by the time we were dancing on it, since we were like the last people. Um, But we probably had five falls in my rounds, which really can delay things. And one, group had to go again twice. Yep. So that really adds time to the competition that is not foreseen. That sure they they build in a little bit of margin in the schedule, but there's no way to predict how many falls. Yeah. Right. So so that was my real beef. That's something that I really if there's an opportunity for me to give feedback, that is something that I'm going to strongly suggest is at least investigated um, to see how that could be changed moving forward. I mean, and it's a safety young, issue. Yes. I mean. My, my toe was stepped on. I mean, people ran into each other. Someone almost fell off the front of the stage. Like, that might happen with two at a time, but it's going to be way easier to manage with two at a time. Yeah. And on the world stage, I just think it's way more fair to the dancer to be able to give them the little extra space. I agree. So. That's my number one con, honestly. Um, so the day one scores are thrown out. So if people don't know that, that's that's the case. Uh, only your day two scores count towards your final adjudication. Um, and you can argue that the scores should be included from day one because it might make for a fair result. Again, looking for that consistent answer. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know that necessarily. Um, so, I mean, I kind of put that in the cons just because it's really hard to know whether or not 
that would have impacted positively or negatively the scores. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, that's one thing that when I had seen, you know, you polling people about it, I honestly hadn't really given it a second thought of like, Hmm, well, what do I think? Should they be included or should they be thrown out like they are now? And it's something that I am ambivalent about. I see the reasons why you might want to include it. Like we said, for consistency and, you know, who's able to dance the best on day one and two. But if you're treating day one as an elimination round and just, you know, like we kind of said before and, you know, not to dismiss anyone that didn't recall to day two, but weeding out competitors, then I can see the reasons why you'd want to just drop it and kind yeah, of start I mean, fresh on day two. The interesting thing, though, was that 75% of the people that I polled said, 73, excuse me, said day one scores should count. So the dancers, I guess, seem to want their efforts on day one to count more. Yeah. And I mean, I had good rounds on the, on the first day and I don't know that my first two rounds were as strong on the second day, but I, I don't know that it's really fair to include those, um, especially because, because of the reason that the adjudicators are not judging every single person. Right. You know, it's, yep. it's something to be said, there's something to be said for, all seven people getting to watch all 43 or 47 recalled dancers on day two and judge them against each other. Yep. Whereas when you're just determining the, the first cut, that doesn't necessarily need to happen. So I don't know how I feel about that, but that I, I think could be, could be a con. Um, we had to move stages a lot. Day one, we moved to a different stage for our second round. Day two, we had the first two rounds on the same stage and then set was somewhere else. Um, I'm used to just, I think most people are just kind of camping out. Yep. Um, especially like I had a posse, like, I mean, it was me and my husband, my baby and my mother-in-law and my aunt. And then one day we had my husband's cousin. So like it was a, a, a pack of people and, you know, it wasn't too bad. You know, I'm not going to complain about moving, but um, we did have to move a lot. And I, I'm wondering if it would have made sense to have the adjudicators move or to just change the scheduling a little or, bit? I mean, do you remember the nationals in Chicago? I want to say it was like 2012 where, I ev okay, everyone had to rotate rooms. The judges stayed, but the competitors moved mm -hmm. rooms for every round. And I guess that's the way that Mid-America did their Araktas at the time. Who mm -hmm. knows? Maybe they still do. So they were just like, well, this is how we do things here. And same kind of thing where it's like, but surely it's easier to move, you know, 15 it, people or 20 people around instead of so, everyone. I mean, we all know that they take forever to move stages. You know, I mean, that's when they take their break and that's fine. So maybe that isn't actually the economical yeah. answer, but it seemed like it would have been easier to just have the panels move. And honestly, if the judges had been the ones to swap, um, I think that the rounds could have even gone a little faster. Yep. But maybe that's just my speculation. Um, fatigue, obviously a con, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I was in perfect shape for day two. There's no way that would have happened. You're going to be fatigued, especially when you're giving 110% in my rounds. Like I can't walk after soft shoe for like 10 minutes. Um, and that certainly is going to affect me the next day, whether I right. want to think so or not. So fatigue is an issue. And then, you know, besides the physical aspect, the mental aspect, which we've talked about, um, just the fact of having to dance five rounds and be consistent for those two days. Um, or, you know, I, I'll point out like you at least have to be strong enough the first day to make the cut in the, in the first place. Um, that's, I, I, I do see that as a con, um, even though I think that it does help weed out the dancers more deserving of a higher placement. That's just my opinion. Um, it's still tough to do that. We already talked about that it might be tough to have this system in a European venue that doesn't have three comparable stages um, that would allow for, you know, the equal size of the stage, but also just the number of people that would need to be in each room. I will say, though, the rooms were a lot less crowded than I've ever seen them. Is that because change. of the size of the competition, the size of the room? I, I think it was the size of the – I think it was a number of dancers – dancing each round yeah because instead of having all 100 people and all their families in the same room camped out for the whole day yeah everybody was much more fluid and consistent so maybe that's an advantage then you know to having us be moving around that the yeah. room's just so congested um 
I will, I will say that the, the con would be, or that a con would be, um, the, the running late earlier in the week. And I just kind of say that as a side note, because I don't really know the reasons for that. Um, but for whatever reason, even with a new system, it still went late. Yeah. I mean, and earlier in the week, it's the younger kids where I think it's a hard ask to have an 11 year old be mentally on all day. I mean, most 11 year olds aren't mentally on for an hour. Yeah. So to have them be dancing their set at eight or nine o'clock, which, you yeah. know, in a typical world, yeah, you can expect that. But if you're scheduled to dance your set at five and you're dancing at eight or nine, I think yeah. it would, difficult. I mean, it'd be hard for everybody. It'd be hard for senior ladies too. Like, you know, some teenagers might be able to stay up till 1am. No problem. I can't do that. Yeah. For me, I had to send my baby home with my family at Aractus because awards went so late. Yeah be up that I mean she we could have made it work I'm sure but you know there, there's life stuff that, <laughs> that as an older dancer like I think about um so I don't think it really should matter what age you are you shouldn't have to be there and be on yep. super late so um hair and makeup an extra day uh, neither here nor there for me I mean if you're paying 60 bucks to have somebody do it that's one thing if you have a wig I don't I understand that yeah you know my you an hour to do your hair. I get that. Um, but again, it's like a double fush day. Or yeah. double fush you go in expecting that. I mean, and yeah, you... I don't, I don't think it's a big issue, but I still would put that under cons cause it's not a pro. Right. <laughs> I mean, and if your choice is to book a hair and makeup person and you're paying for that, I mean, that's your own choice anyway. Yes. I, I agree with you there. Um, and that's honestly the reason I chose to do my own makeup this time because I was very strongly considering getting it done. Um, and I was like, nah, I, no, I did, I'm yeah. not going to pay that much money. Um, okay. Stress of the second day, just, you know, another day of high level competition. Um, I, from the feedback I got from people, it was pretty much split down the middle. 50% of people said, I don't really care. The other 50% were like, it really impacted me. Um, so I think you're going to get that no matter what the system is. Yeah, I mean, maybe think it's stressful. In, in a way, um, I guess maybe more confident going into day two or like maybe it didn't feel as stressful because you're on that high of like, wow, like judges liked me enough to put me through to the second day and you're kind sure. of riding the high. Yeah, or just the relief of making the recall. Yep. Um, so I mean, I it's not that. that recall, but... Yeah. So I don't know. I, I got no consensus. My point is I got no consensus from people on whether or not they liked it or didn't. Um, it does mean staying an extra day. Is this really an issue? Well, people have work, people have jobs, people have school, you know, the majority of these dancers are in school or taking time off. Teachers might be taking time off from their full-time jobs. I totally understand that. But think of, if you're an American, Think of how many days you take to go to Worlds when it's overseas. Yeah. I, I, it's like a five to ten day trip for me. And that, that is the same whether I was in high school or college or now. After. Yeah. It, it is a trip because I want to make it worth my while. I make it into a vacation so I at least see something. You know, I'm not just going to dance. I'm having to consider jet lag in the time adjustment. Exactly. I'm not just flying over there on Friday, dancing on Saturday, and then, you know, in leaving this case, on Sunday, Sunday, right. leaving Monday. Like, I'm not doing that. I don't, I'm sure there are people who have done that in the past, and maybe for something like All Ireland's, someone would consider that. But for the most part, people who are going to Worlds are making it into a trip. Um, and even the older dancers, a lot of times, if you're going overseas, you're almost always bringing someone with you. I know very few dancers who have gone by themselves. They get a parent, they get a friend, you know, if they're married, like in my case, like my spouse comes, like you do something with it and you don't just go. Yeah. And so I, I really do understand that. And I no longer have a job or school to consider in this. Um, but I just, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I mean, anybody who came over to the U.S. from overseas, they didn't come just for two days. You know, they would not have come for just two days either. So I think it might kind of like, we were spoiled. The North Americans were spoiled, especially if you're from someone or from somewhere that can maybe drive to Greensboro or it's just a really short flight. You know, to you could just come for the days you competed. 
but, but at the same time, I mean, were you, re- I don't think there's many people that were planning on like driving home after awards. Yeah. You know, no. Like if you competed that day, like most people right. would have been staying the night before and the night after anyway. At minimum. Right. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people like extra time to acclimate and stuff anyway, or, you know, if you want to watch your friends, like that's part of the world championships, you know? Um, so I, I, I really do understand that, but I don't see it as a significant, as significant of a con as maybe other people did. Yep. Um, and then one person did mention that she really hated having to wait the extra day to find out her overall placement. Um, she did not make the, the second day recall. So, or I should say the, the recall into day two. So she did not know how she did. She had no concept of like where she fell um, in terms of results. And so she really hated the extra 24-ish hours before results. Which I can understand. I mean, we're in that world of, you know, wanting to know now. And in mm-hmm. previous years, you've been able to know, you know, pretty much right away, you know, right. not instantaneously, but after awards. And I feel like maybe that's something that they would be able to tweak going forward. I mean, all you have to do is take off the top half from that result sheet and you'd be Mm -hmm. able to publish the list after. Yeah. And with technology, I think that that's something that could change pretty easily. But like you said, phase two. (laughs) Yeah. One at a time. I mean, I could see them wanting to be overly cautious and, you know, wanting to make sure they didn't accidentally publish the full right. results so oh, that yeah. way someone has yeah. an advantage or disadvantage or perceived advantage or disadvantage going mm-hmm. into day two, knowing how they did on day one. It would be really interesting though, if they ever decided to release the results from the day one heats, because you know, in any other sport, you pretty much know, right? Well, like, you know, I'm going I mean, you they, know, if you finished first or sixth. Exactly. You know where you stack up. So, I mean, maybe you'd find some extra confidence from that. I don't know that anybody would ever agree to. Right. <laughs> to I know. I wouldn't be opposed to that though. Cause to me, who cares? Like if yeah. those scores don't matter anyway, you might as well kind of have an idea. Yep. All right. So that's, that's my pros and cons. I want to. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on TCRG to CEO radio.